The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 203rd ever show of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. We'll, we'll begin with my event of the week that I covered, which was the CONCACAF Gold Cup press conferences and team trainings yesterday at Gillette Stadium in nearby Foxborough, Massachusetts, of course, where the Patriots play. And uh, these were held yesterday in advance of tonight's matches between the United States and Haiti, which will be preceded by a match between Panama and Honduras, as they're still in the group stage of, uh, of the event. So the day started yesterday morning with the U.S. men's national team holding training and interviews featuring the likes of uh, Josie Altatore and the new USA team captain, Michael Bradley. All were very pleased with the win over Honduras the other night and excited about uh, tonight's game at Gillette Stadium. Now keep in mind that the CONCACAF Gold Cup is in the mix as one of the qualifiers for the World Cup in 2018 in Russia. So, uh... Very important, to say the least, and CONCACAF is comprised of teams from North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. So it's being held all all over the country this week uh, on TV, on Fox Sports Network. So uh, pretty compelling stuff so far, and sure to get more compelling as uh, the coming weeks wind along. And uh, we get narrowed down to the championship game, which will be in Philadelphia on Sunday night, July 26th. So, last evening, uh, the whole night went very international with coaches from Honduras, Panama, speaking Spanish, the Haiti coach speaking French, 
And of course, they were uh, the translators were there from CONCACAF. So it was uh, a really fascinating evening on the international front. And of course, uh, the international media uh, was proliferating. So it was really a unique experience, to say the least. And of course, one of the highlights of the evening from the USA perspective was. Another international aspect to it was, of course, USA coach Jurgen Klingsmann speaking, and his background, of course, is as a World Cup winner from Germany. And he's just a great interview, very compelling, straightforward, no-nonsense guy, and uh, he's obviously elevating uh, the U.S. men's national team to new heights, as was evidenced by... uh, Uh, his response to one question, which was addressing the recent FIFA ranking of the USA team as 34th in the world. And uh, so Jürgen quipped that uh, when asked about the U.S. ranking, that after the U.S. men's team literally shocked the world by beating Germany and Holland recently, within the past month or so, on their home turf over in Europe, uh, that, as Klingsman said, we beat Germany and Holland and we drop in the ranking. So, like many others, I don't think he knows uh, how to figure it out, how they do these rankings. But, uh, you know, it was really interesting. Uh, and one of the fascinating aspects of it, too, is, you know, the fact that these are national teams from the four countries. Uh, you know, just it makes these coaches and their players just rock stars. Just watching, uh, you know, watching the media from uh, Honduras, Panama, and Haiti, as well as the U.S., of course. Uh, you know, the way they were just so enthralled with uh, speaking with the coaches and various team members, uh, you know, really added a luster to the whole event. And, uh, it just really, uh, you know, when you're there present, it really gives you a sense of uh, how soccer truly is the world's game, uh, to put it mildly. It's just really, I've done a few of these before. I uh, did a previous Gold Cup. I've done some other international matches, and it's really uh, a lot of fun. And again, just the international flavor elevates it to, uh, to truly a, a unique sports event. And speaking of international, uh, that leads right into my highlight of the week, uh, which was, of course, uh, the U.S. women's national team winning the World Cup on Sunday night in Canada, smashing the all-time viewership record for a soccer game in the United States. Uh, Remarkable feat when you consider it was the Sunday night of uh, July 4th weekend. Uh, apparently a lot of people got home early from their various, uh, trips for July 4th because, uh, they were in front of a TV and record numbers for Sunday night. And it was just, uh, you know, a remarkable tournament and more specifically a remarkable game on Sunday night against defending champions, Japan, who of course, four years ago had shocked the U S and won the world cup. So uh, the U.S. women's team had a lot to play for, and boy, did they come out and play. 
uh, four goals in the first uh, 17 or so minutes, including a, a hat trick by Carly Lloyd. Uh, very, very reminiscent of last year's World Cup semifinal in Brazil when Germany scored uh, three or four goals in literally like five minutes to put away the host team, Brazil, uh, in what was one of the more remarkable displays of soccer we've ever seen, and that was rivaled on Sunday night by the U.S. women's team. Uh, They just came out smoking and basically put the game away, and as you've all heard throughout the week, one of the more remarkable aspects to the game was that people stayed tuned in, myself included. Um... You know, despite the fact that in soccer terms, it was a rout. At one point, it was like 4 nothing. Then Japan, to its credit, they didn't quit. Closed it to 4-2. Uh, certainly uh, got the interest in the game right back up, potentially making it competitive. But the U.S. scored their fifth goal, and that put it away for good. So it really was, uh, you know, just a great month, a great game, and... Uh, just great to see these viewership numbers, which, again, 26 million people, that that rivals and, in fact, beats, in some cases, uh, World Series games, Hockey Stanley Cup finals, uh, certain NBA finals and playoff games. So uh, we'll see how it translates. That's, that's the question of the day. Uh, you know, how is this going to translate in the long haul towards – soccer interest in the u.s time will tell we'll see but certainly it's off to a good start in the aftermath with uh uh ticker tape parade in new york city occurring as we speak in the canyon of heroes huge numbers turning it tuning in and uh this comes on the heels of the women arriving in Los Angeles uh, earlier in the week where they held a big rally at LA Live in front of the Staples Center and nice big number there, lots of cheering fans. And so uh, it's been a heck of a week, to say the least. Hard to believe it's only been a week, less than a week uh, since they won. And it's going to be fun to follow. And really, uh, it follows in many ways tonight. Uh, they're expecting a crowd of about 40,000 or so at Gillette Stadium. That's a big number. Um, And uh, I, for one, just can't wait to get over to the stadium later this afternoon. uh, Again, 6 o'clock Eastern time is Honduras and Panama. And uh, that will be followed uh, immediately thereafter, 8, 8.30, by USA versus Haiti uh, on Fox sports network so uh it's gonna be great it really is gonna be a lot of fun to watch and uh one of the interesting aspects uh just in watching these coaches yesterday was you know coach speak translates in all languages they're all very cautious and complimentary as they uh you know discussed uh tonight's games and whatnot and uh Turns out that the Panama coach and the Honduras coach are friends, and they took some great uh, pictures, uh, you know, on the field at Gillette. And it was great to watch, like, the Honduras team, for instance, and all the teams walk out 
and check out Gillette Stadium, uh, you know, an impressive facility to be sure. We all know that from all the uh, games we've watched the Patriots play over the years. And it was just great to see the teams from these countries get their first look at Gillette. Uh, very exciting. And the Haiti coach, who had the final press conference around 8.30 last night, hadn't even seen the field. So to be standing right there as he walked out after the press conference for his first ever look at Gillette Stadium to walk on the grass was really, really cool. So just a wonderful, wonderful day. And the good news is I think tonight's going to be even better, obviously, with the matches. And uh, can't wait to get there. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be my lowlights, bizarre news items, and a little reminiscing from where I was a year ago this week. Coming up after the break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And in a rare occurrence, uh, I did not get to my low-light and bizarre news items from this past week during the first segment uh, because I got so uh, 
tied up in talking about yesterday's compelling Gold Cup trainings and press conferences in advance of tonight's Gold Cup soccer games at uh, Gillette Stadium between Honduras and Panama at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by USA versus Haiti at 8, 8.30, all broadcast on Fox Sports Network. So that leads into my low light of the week, which was the DeAndre Jordan debacle, uh, literally where he ended up reneging on his verbal agreement to sign with the Dallas Mavericks and instead uh, signed with the L.A. Clippers, of course, his team, for the past few years since he's been in the NBA. He was practically held hostage by Clipper teammates and, uh, and management uh, in his own home uh, so that he could sign when the clock turned 12.01 the other night. And I call it a low light for the simple reason of, the you know, he has to pick up the phone and call Mark Cuban. Uh, period. End of story. There's no excuse for not manning up and doing that. Uh, no matter what the circumstances, uh, you know, there comes a certain point in life and in business in general where you simply have to uh, do the professional thing, and that is call the man personally that you had committed to a mere week, week and a half ago, play for their team. Mark Cuban, to his credit, has really taken the high road on this. I just saw him clip of an interview or, you know, him speaking on the matter uh, where he, again, you know, just is, uh, let's just say, being un-Mark Cuban-like and, and just being very controlled in his responses and looking at totally the positive. I mean, all's fair in love and war, and I guess in uh, contractual signings, too, the NBA has addressed the moratorium where players can commit verbally, but they're not allowed to sign until eight days later, which was just, you know, 48 hours or so ago, um, saying that, you know, as we all know, uh, nothing is official till it's signed. So there's been a lot of debate about the moratorium. Uh, certainly, if ever there was going to be a change, this would prompt it. And the reason is pretty simple. The big loser here is, you know, the Mavericks, because once they had DeAndre Jordan's verbal commitment, they stopped shopping for other players, what have you, and uh, that's it. And now they're stuck, and most of the high-profile free agents are gone, and that's it, and uh, there's really nothing they can do about it. Um, So I think just a a lesson learned for all, and uh, again, all credit to the Mavs for taking, you know, the high road. Um, Not an easy thing to do, but that's what they're doing so far, and we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, but uh, to say it was a low light is an understatement. It really was, uh, you know, the bad side of the worlds of free agency, really in sports. This time it just happened to be the NBA. My bizarre story of the week was. Jason Pierre-Paul from the New York Giants, where his uh, finger was amputated in a Miami-area hospital uh, 
just the other day following a fireworks accident over the weekend, July 4th weekend. And uh, it's just been really bizarre to watch where apparently New York Giants front office executives went down to Miami, wanted to see how he was doing. Apparently they couldn't get in to see him. This, of course, is all against the backdrop of uh, the Giants making a multi-year $60 million offer, uh, which he did not accept. This is, we're going back a few weeks here at least. And then uh, they, were, they franchised him for what would be about $14 million a year, uh, a princely sum to be sure, uh, and hadn't signed that either. So the Giants did some rescinding, and then they get down to Florida, and, you know, it's just bizarre, you know, the way, I mean, they have a relationship, it goes without saying, he's the only team they've ever played for. Uh, if the Giants rescind both the long-term and the franchise offer, Jason Pierre-Paul becomes immediately a restricted free agent. And, uh, you know, that's not a good thing. The man is talented, but he now, as a result of the accident, does not have an index finger. So obviously that just uh, creates a lot of uncertainty across the board for him, for the team. For potential teams, if indeed he becomes an unrestricted free agent, it's uh, just a strange situation, um, to say the least. So we'll have to wait and see how it all pans out. But for now, it is one of the more bizarre uh, situations to come along, uh, you know, and since DeAndre Jordan, put it that way. So uh, to have these things both occurring simultaneously during what is typically a very quiet week in American sports is highly unusual and coincidental. And speaking of a quiet, a typically quiet time in American sports, uh, I have in the background the Roger Federer-Wimbledon match, um, which reminds me, of course, that one year ago today, and I believe he just won. He actually, uh, it appears he just took Andy Murray out in straight sets. But one year ago today, I was at Wimbledon, not at a tournament game, but at the facility itself. I went over to Europe for two weeks, London, Paris, Dublin. And on the Friday afternoon, a year ago today, decided to take a subway ride out to the suburb of Wimbledon and course walk from the downtown tube stop up to the cathedral that is Wim Wimbledon and it was just awesome as you would expect the match last year must have been done a little early because the championship had been what would have been a week ago which would have been this past Sunday so it's clearly uh if it was this year I'd, I'd have been at this match I'm guessing that just ended with Federer beating Murray but it just I inadvertently and coincidentally just picked a great time to go. You know, it wasn't planned that, uh, when I picked the first two weeks of July to go that uh, I would be going not only at a typically quiet time in American sports, but at what is just a great time in 
European sports. Uh, three huge events all going on here during this two-week period, all of which I, uh, you know, got to partake in in a certain way, which was, uh, well, and before I get to that, let me just say that on the subway ride back, the tube ride back to London from the suburb of Wimbledon, uh, pulled into Fulham Station and saw the billboards for uh, the Chelsea Soccer Club Stadium, uh, a huge billboard showing soccer fans saying things like, through these doors walk the greatest soccer fans in the world. So, of course, we jumped off this, off at Fulham Station, walked five minutes to the iconic Stamford Bridge Stadium that is in a neighborhood, truly a neighborhood, in Chelsea, and toured the stadium, and they had what was uh, the best in-stadium or out-of-stadium sports shop I've ever been in in my life. It was absolutely awesome. But that all followed, which was a year ago this past Monday in London, by surprise. Not more than a 10-minute walk from my hotel was the Tour de France, which for the first time in 100 years or so began in England last year. Started in the suburbs, Yorkshire and places like that. And that Monday, as in 52 weeks and four days ago, it ended in London at Buckingham Palace. So we woke up that Monday morning, walked over. There was like a million fans on the streets of London as they come in from the the countryside. And, of course, it ended right there. We were literally right at the finish line. And it was just spectacular. Uh, Truly one of those events, you know, that you have to go to understand what it is, what a party it is, everybody out picnicking, the intensity of the competition. Uh, For the Tour de France and how everybody in Europe absolutely loves the event. There is no other way to say it. It's just unbelievable. Um, then we made our way over to Paris during that time and hearkening back to what I said about Chelsea and soccer, the world cup men's world cup was occurring last week. And I earlier talked about the France, Germany, uh, not France, Germany, Brazil, Germany, where Germany scored all the goals in just a few minutes. Uh, we watched that in our London hotel with a lot of German people. And they were going crazy. It was awesome. Then we watched the World Cup final but for what would have been this coming Sunday night a year ago uh, in a sidewalk Paris cafe. And the German people were going nuts. And uh, we were in the shadow of Notre Dame. They were going crazy that night when they beat Argentina to win the World Cup. And uh, then we made our way over to Dublin where what would have been a week ago, 52 weeks plus one week, meaning... Uh, fast forward one week to next Friday, we were in downtown Dublin and they had, uh, Rory McIlroy was making his charge at the British Open and took the lead and last year was held at Royal Liverpool, which is literally right across the Irish Sea, I believe it is, from Dublin, like a sh- literally a short ferry ride. So to be watching that that in real time, so it was late afternoon as opposed to what we're used to watching in the morning here because of the time difference. We're in this raucous 
Irish restaurant, watching Rory McIlroy absolutely take over the British Open that Friday, day two. And it was like watching Super Bowl in an American sports bar. They were just going crazy. I had never witnessed anything like that for a golf match, of course. And uh, so, again, just unforgettable. So, I guess my overall message is, if you ever want to go to Europe, go in the first two weeks of July. You can touch on all of these events, Wimbledon, Tour de France, and, of course, the British Open, uh, all happening during this two-week period. It's quiet, typically, here in America. It's absolutely sizzling over there, as I coincidentally got to enjoy. And it was just... uh, Really just unforgettable and really broadened my horizons as to uh, the international world of sports, all of which I'm going to get yet another experience tonight. 20 minutes from my house when I uh, cover USA versus Haiti and Panama versus Honduras in the CONCACAF Gold Cup soccer matches tonight. So with that said, when my reminiscing is done, so why don't we... uh, take a break now and we'll get to some of the other sports on the other side what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners. 
Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, John. I'm down here in Thibodeau, Louisiana today at the Manning Passing Academy, the 20th edition. Yes, and I just saw some reports on ESPN from the Manning Passing Academy, and uh, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on that. But first, uh, you know, I want to get to the sudden and, for me, surprising death of Kenny Stabler last night. You, as someone who has campaigned very recently to get Kenny Stabler in the Hall of Fame, uh, we'll be pleased to know that within the past hour, Herm Edwards, remembering Kenny on Sports Center, said that he absolutely, positively should be in the Hall of Fame, joining a growing chorus, as you have documented recently, of people who believe that uh, Kenny Stabler should be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, you cover Alabama. He's an Alabama legend. Uh you have my sympathies. I know it really hits really close to home for you. Yes, yes, it sure is, John. He was he was the first quarterback uh, from Alabama, from the state of Alabama, that I learned about as a child. Really, I mean, I, Joe Namath was the first one, and, and Steve Sloan, but, but Kenny was the guy from Baldwin County, Alabama, fully Alabama, the county my daddy was raised in. So we would read about him in the papers that we would receive back in Connecticut. So I'd known of them. My cousins knew of them. They went to the same high school. Our family members knew them. So it was very close uh, close to home, and it was very personal, and we are really going to miss Kenny. Yes, uh, I think everybody will miss him. He was, again, I, I was stunned. I was over at the Gold Cup soccer practices, walking out of Gillette Stadium, and saw your email. Thank you for sending it to me. And it literally just stopped me dead in, it, dead in my tracks. But I think if anything, when I quickly read the family statement that you had included in your email, I, I think I felt a little better because, you know, the family statement was really, really well done. And they talked about how he died listening to his favorite music, which was fittingly Sweet Home Alabama, of course, by Leonard Skinnerd and as well as a Van Morrison song, and, you know, that's Kenny Stabler right there, right? Oh, yeah, Kenny, he, he loves to have a good time, and, and you know, it's funny, John, they once asked Kenny, uh, there was a, uh, a quote from the author, Jack London, and it began by saying, I would rather be ashes than dust, and, and it went on, went on to say, I shall not waste my time, my days trying to prolong them. The function of a man is to live, not to exist. I shall use my time. And they asked Kenny, "What does that mean?" And Kenny said, "Throw deep." You know, that's how it Kenny. He was he was full throttle, pedal to the metal. He was going to enjoy life, and those around him, if they were fortunate to be with him, were going to have a good time. And he was going to share his talents and all his blessings with those around him in the world. Absolutely, you know. Again. Who didn't like Kenny Stabler? I mean, for me, you know, his, uh, his, his effect was far-reaching. I mean, my perspective was a good one. You know, I grew up near Pittsburgh, so I grew up 
watching the famous Steelers Raiders rivalry, which is truly as good as anything that's ever occurred in the history of the NFL and maybe sports as far as a rivalry. Of course, Kenny Stabler was the quarterback the day of the Immaculate Reception, and it just grew from there, um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and, I, I, you know, if, if ever there was a reason to be, you know, uh, an opponent to be feared, it was Kenny Stabler. I mean, even after the Immaculate Reception, he was so good in the clutch at the end that you almost thought that he was still going to come back on the field and lead him to victory. Uh, he's, you know... He wasn't responsible for that play or even on the field for that play, obviously, but he sure was on the sidelines. But he is responsible for some of the most memorable plays in NFL history as borne out by the fact that they actually have names attached to them. <laughs> yeah, not too many players have multiple plays uh, surround their name, John. The City of Hands, when he, when he was being tackled by Vern Den Herter of Miami Dolphins and he was falling forward and threw the ball to an Alabama native by, by, by chance, Clarence Davis, who played at USC. Clarence was born in Birmingham, and Clarence was not known for catching the pass, but he, he grabbed it like it was his last lunch money. And, exactly. And, you know, then, and then you have the Holy Roller play when he's trying to be tackled by Woodrow Lowe, Alabama linebacker, a legend, and Kenny's not going to die hard on the you – know, he's, he's going to die hard on the play, and he's falling forward. The ball rose towards the goal line, and – Dave Casper fumbles and kicks the ball in the end zone and falls on it, touchdown. And there's the famous broadcast call and saying, you know, the world is not real or something to that effect. And the Raiders won the game and the Chargers are on the sideline wondering what happened. You know, Kenny Stable is in the stadium. That's what happened. And then you have the ghost of the post against the uh, Colts in the playoffs in overtime to, to Casper again to win the game. So, uh, Kenny, he was, uh, he was so uh, enjoyable to watch, and he put on a performance each and every game, and he was like a maestro out there, and the whole place would be going crazy. You know, Madno says, you know, crazy coach, crazy team, quarterback was cool as a cucumber. You know, he was, he was cool hand Luke's cousin, and he personified Thanks. that character. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I literally remember – where I was for every single one of those three signature plays, literally. And, you know, that's not something I can say about, you know, games or plays where, you know, I didn't have a horse in the race. I didn't have an overly vested interest. These weren't like, you know, that goes on top of all the Steeler <laughs> Raider moments that I can remember where I was. I mean, but that's like, you know, again, millions of sports fans remember where they were on those Kenny Stabler plays. And, uh, you know, that's just a, a great testament to the man. Um, again, I don't have to tell you, I cannot overstate, you know, the excitement of when the Steelers and Raiders played each other during that era, you know, and you obviously talked to some Steelers recently who from that era who played against Kenny Stabler, who went on the record with you within the past couple of weeks saying he should indeed be in the Hall of Fame. Everybody's surprised that he's not, myself included. You almost assume that he is, but, you know, the stories you wrote on that are getting a lot of airplay around the country, uh, especially in, you know, Oakland and Pittsburgh. So I can't think of a, how pleased you must be that, you you know, you got these articles done before he passed, and you know the the, the words getting out there, and and now I think it's gonna 
you know, elevate his, uh, his candidacy. It's a very bittersweet moment, John, uh, to say the least. But uh, I'm, I always said that my goal was to see Kent be smiling in Kent, Ohio. But that won't happen, but maybe his, his family, through the tears, they can smile if that, that occurs someday. Absolutely, exactly, and uh, again, just truly, uh, you know, as smooth a quarterback, I mean, that's the word that I'll quickly associate with him, just smooth with that left-handed delivery, calm under pressure, um, you know, and, and just fun to watch, a fun guy on the field and off, and, you know, Certainly, you know, was the face of the Oakland Raiders. And when you look at the team, the members of those teams, Hall of Famers, liter- combined with massive personalities, that's saying something that he was their yeah. face. He was their leader. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is something down there. They had some characters out there. I'm telling you, Kenny fit right in. I mean, they all uh, were strong uh, personalities and. They had so many different traits, and you know they're interesting people. And, and Kenny just fit in like a glove. Uh, I don't think there's a team that he could have went to initially that would have uh, nurtured his personality. Yeah, and just to give you a cl- quick flavor, I mean Fred Bolitnikoff, Clarence Davis, who you mentioned, Cliff Branch. That's on the offensive. Uh, Gene Upshaw, uh, Art. You know. Uh, Archell, excuse me, on defense, this is where it really gets interesting, Lal Alzado, <laughs> Ted Hendricks, <laughs> Willie Brown, George Atkinson, Phil Villapiano, I mean, we are talking, you know, Ben Davis, you know, we're talking either Hall of Fame, massive personality, or both, and yet Kenny Stabler is the one who really does stand out above them all when you think about it. He really is. He was the face of that team, which is just amazing when you consider that team. Yeah, and, you know, they're having some of the local news in Mobile last night, and a good friend of mine, Randy Patrick, uh, the CBS affiliate, he, he mentioned the fact that when Kenny would have a golf tournament, people would come from Hollywood, rock and roll, NFL. They didn't have, have to be asked twice to come down to Point Clear, Alabama, to participate in King Stibler's charity golf tournament. Yep, and that shows the respect they obviously had for him. And even another guy that I forgot to mention, <laughs> among the biggest of them all, of course, John Matuzak. Big in many ways, personality and size. I mean, <laughs> and the list goes on and on. That doesn't even begin to, you know, the, the George Blandas of the world. I mean, just the history of the team, the players he played with, uh, truly remarkable. So... Our sympathies go out to the Stabler family. Again, to you in particular, you had a relationship with him. You, and uh, I know it's a sad day for you and, and for all in the football world, to say the least. Yeah, it is, John, but we were fortunate that we were around to see Kenny play. And so thank God for that. And, yes. You know, you know so I, I just can't tell you how much. We would we would sit by that television, and every move he would make, he'd be back in that pocket, almost like posing for a statue. And then all of a sudden, that ball would come up from that left ear, and boom, he'd hit somebody for a 15-yard curl or a, or a bomb down the sideline. It is, it's fabulous to watch. 
Yep. He threw darts, literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Literally. Uh, well, AP, I'm glad, we ha- you know, I'm glad we had the chance to really spend some time and talk about him and get your perspective, which is unlike any other. So uh, much appreciated. But why don't we take our break now, and uh, we'll come back on the other side with much more to talk about for our final segment. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started with A.P., my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is tonight's Gold Cup from Gillette Stadium featuring USA men's national team versus Haiti, preceded by Honduras versus Panama. And A.P., we talked, of course, about Kenny Stabler in the previous segment and his uh, sudden passing. Uh, We talked a lot about his legendary Oakland Raiders career, but you cover Alabama. You work for Bama Magazine. Uh, He, of course, began to build his legend at Alabama. What are your thoughts on his college career? Yeah, John, and and just to backtrack for just a second, in high school he was 29-1. and He was a pitcher who had offers from the Yankees and the Astros. Don Sutton had one loss in high school. It was to Kenny Stabler. And Ray knows that name, Don Sutton, Hall of Fame pitcher, I believe. And wow. uh, so Kenny went to Alabama. He's playing backup in, in the 65 season. Alabama wins the championship. They beat Nebraska 39-28. But Kenny got quite a bit of playing time. They had Steve Sloan. And then the next year he gets the nod, and they go undefeated, John. 
11 wow. returning champions, and they don't get the number one spot. Uh, Notre Dame jumps them in the polls. They tied Michigan State. McKinney was a fabulous quarterback on uh, on that team. The ends were All-Americans. Ray Perkins in 66 and Dennis Holman the next year. Uh, they, they beat Nebraska in the Sugar Bowl 34-7. to It wasn't even a game. And, and Kenny was fantastic. And uh, then he, his senior year, um, you know, he got, he got a little bit of a scrape there before the season, but they ended up tying Florida State. And uh, the previous year, they'd given up 27 points. Well, Florida State scored 37 in the first game. It was a 37-37 tie. And uh, they went on to uh, play in the Cotton Bowl. And uh, that was the game where Gene Stallings was at A&M, and he hoisted Coach Bryant. I tried to hoist him in the middle. Uh, Bryant tried to hoist him in the middle of the field when Stallings beat him in the Cotton Bowl. But Kenny had a great career at Alabama. Um, and it just led to his pro career, the second round pick for the Oakland Raiders. But, you know, a great leader for Alabama, and, and he had some fantastic hands to throw the ball to. And Coach Bryant always remarked, they asked him, uh, what if Kenny was able to run the wishbone? And they said, well, they have to put another number up on the board. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, let's never forget he played for Coach Bryant, the legendary Coach Bryant. So, uh, and, yeah, quite a pair, and, uh, quite a pair there. I guess Joe Namath broke him in, right? Right. To yeah. Prepare, Joe was, to Joe prepare was him there. for yeah. Kenny. Yeah, Kenny was a freshman at that time, and so he was around Joe for a little while. And and, and it, just a coincidence, uh, John. But Kenny was sixty-nine when he passed on Wednesday, and Coach Bryant was sixty-nine when he passed. Wow. Well, I'm sure they're uh, toasting and having a cigarette. As we up in heaven about now, right? <laughs> I think Kenny's probably hiding his. He was always embarrassed to smoke uh, in front of Coach Bryant, even when he got to be, you know, thirty years old. He he kind of never did it in front of him. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Uh, well, again, that's that's great stuff. Thank you. Uh, as I like to say, we can't get that anywhere else, and especially his high school career. That's amazing. That. Don Sutton only had one loss in his high school career, and uh, it was to Kenny Stabler. That's amazing. I, I, I love that kind of trivia, as do you. So, uh, you know, learn something every day, every Friday that's new from you. And, uh, and today there's no, no better thing to learn than anything about Kenny Stabler. Again, we're, we're all going to miss him, that's for sure. Yes, sir, you got that right. Well, speaking of famous quarterbacks from the South... You are at the famous Manning Passing Academy. I guess it's in its 20th year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I saw, again, within the past hour or two, uh, the Manning boys, Father Archie, Peyton, Eli, and Cooper, speaking on SportsCenter about the Passing Academy. You are there. Tell us all about it. Yeah, John, it's the 20th year, as you stated, 1,250 campers, if you can believe that number. And uh, there's four individuals uh, who were there at the beginning, and they're actually here today. Uh, a couple of them, Jake Delhomme and Brandon Stokely. Remember those names from the NFL? They, they yes. played Southwest in Louisiana, now it's Louisiana Lafayette. They're here. And then, John, they used to have like two or three College quarterbacks is counted. I think there's about 38 this year. So there's quarterbacks in USC, Penn State, not, um, Tennessee, Ole Miss, uh, North Carolina, Indiana, Missouri, uh, Tulane. So you go on and on. It's just a fabulous event. And I'm you know, lucky to be here today 
It's my first time. I've always heard about this, and I, I wanted to make sure. Of all days um, to learn about quarterbacks and with the passing of Kenny, I'm at a quarterback camp. Yeah, and I imagine the passing of Kenny is probably a topic given you're at a quarterback camp and you're in the South. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it sure was. Archie and Kenny were great friends, and even uh, Peyton Manning himself. There was a competition between the AFC and NFC, and Kenny was one coach, I think, and um, Archie was the other, and they were together for two weeks, and Peyton remembers that, that moment, and he he was reminiscing how much he learned from Kenny, uh, talking about the quarterback position. So it was a distant delight. If I had to be somewhere today, uh, this was a good spot to talk about quarterbacks, and one, one in particular, the left-hander from Foley. Exactly. Well, again, you, you know, you're among friends of like mind, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's great that, you know, the Mannings let, you know, open their camp up to the media. Are there a lot of media there? Um, there was quite a few, you know, television stations from New Orleans, and I even saw uh, the Hall of Fame voter, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, got a chance to talk to him and plead my case for Kenny for about the 10th time. Every time I see him, he knows what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> so there's all kind of media members here from across the country, not just local. So, yeah, it was an interesting day. And now they got a chance to talk to some of those quarterbacks that will be playing in the SEC. And I'll probably see them next week in Birmingham. Well, that's great. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's really just grown and grown. That's an amazing number of campers. I remember when this thing first started and watched, you know, in the, in the early years. And, uh, you know, hey, if you're a quarterback or, you know, young quarterback, where else would you rather be? To learn to hone your skills than with the Mannings, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're bound to learn something, even if you, it's by accident. You're, you're going to take something away from this camp that's going to make you a better quarterback, a better football player, and I believe a better leader. Absolutely. Well, the first family of football, and you're right there. So, AP, thanks so much for calling in. I know that you're busy at the Manning camp. I know that you're also busy in the aftermath of. Kenny Stabler's passing, so can't thank you enough for finding the time to call in and really enlighten me and all of our listeners uh, uh, today. Just wonderful. Your perspective was, uh, was just spectacular, to say the least. Well, John, it's always my pleasure, and, and we, we love Kenny and we'll miss Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. 